This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Congregation. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. How you guys doing? Good. 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 Great. Really for, the, for the third time. I just try to change up my inflection every <laughs> once in a while just to give it a new tone. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Steven, St- Stacy and Dave are still here. This is uh third one in a row. We're, we're in a marathon here, guys. Fight. Fight through it. Yep. Fight through it. Random question. What is your favorite smell and why? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one um, caught him off guard. I've got, a, I've got a weird one. I'll say it, though. My favorite smell is uh, a gym. A gym. There's a certain um. smell to a, to a gym. So you're talking about a gym, not a locker room. A basketball gym. Yeah. There's a certain smell to a gym, like at the end of like a tournament day, that I just like, <laughs> I love. It's like a mix of concessions and sweaty people <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff oh. that just makes me remember, man, it, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was reminded of it when I brought my family to Northwestern game this last uh, March and it was like the second game in a doubleheader. It was pretty full. There were mm-hmm. concessions and I was like, oh, there it is. Why? Which is, that was the same gym that you played in. Too. It was. So, yeah. There's some nostalgia that way too. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. So the, the smell is very specific. Probably. I also, I also love the ocean. I think that, that yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. ocean yeah. smell in the, especially in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, uh, there's a crisper texture to the smell Yep, <laughs> that I like mm-hmm. even more than like the afternoon where it gets hot and a little bit muggier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stacy, Ooh, that reminded me. Well, I have two to share and one of them will not be a surprise to you guys. A bookstore, the smell of a bookstore. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the smell of books, not old books like a library, but a bookstore with new books. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the other favorite smell is... Um, up on the North shore of Minnesota. Mm. Like when you get up to Duluth or something, there's just a different smell in the air. It's like, I don't know what it is like piney or something, but it's like, I smell it and I'm like, I know I'm on the North shore. Yep. Just a little bit salty in the ocean too that I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I love, you know, I love fresh, fresh cut grass. Oh yeah, I do too. Um, I love the smell. I love the smell of just freshly done laundry but I don't think anything can beat the smell of fresh baked bread mm. for me. Yeah, mm, oh, that's good. Fresh baked bread is, I, and my mom, you know, my mom used to have one of those back in the nineties, like those bread makers were yeah. really popular, right. yeah, you know, like yeah. the boxes, and the ones that, yeah. yeah, the ones that you like turn it on and it like the dough is going around and it almost like jiggles off the counter yeah, because it's like working so hard, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> It works yeah. like four times and you need a new one. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then it starts to bake and I just, oh man, that smell. And then my dad used to tell me stories. They were called, <laughs> this is probably too much information, but he used to tell me these stories about a fictional Norwegian family and these two brothers called Smorgi and Oli. Smorgi and Oli stories. And they would go to Mrs. Trinko's house and they would be walking up and they'd smell fresh baked bread and cookies. Oh man. And it was mm. like- I would be like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> I can smell it right now. Fresh baked bread and cookies. So very, it's sentimental and yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of childhood memories, but cool. Great. Ethan, do you have one? 
Uh, it's probably food related. All right. <laughs> Something like that. All thanks right. thanks for being specific. Yep. Good contribution. <laughs> <laughs> So we are doing our podcast series of why do we do the things that we do? Why do we do the things that we do? <laughs> it's a very biblical Roman seven type of. Uh, <laughs> I came back from vacation existential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we're just looking at some of the things yeah. that we do around church um, and just talking about the intentionality behind things. So we've already, last week we talked about exegetical preaching this week, we're just going to talk about why do we care for people the way that we do? Why do we have our care plan? And you just even at a more basic level, why do we care for people mm. as a church? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Stacy, do you just want to start there as general as you want to be? Yeah. And, you know, why is this important for us to talk about? <clears throat> yeah. Well, just thinking about even the sermon series, like God is, you know, building a people mm-hmm. and in the new covenant where he he's building a local church, local churches for people to be a part of. And um, this is his plan for his people to be a part of a body and a spiritual family. Mm-hmm. And so all throughout the new Testament, when we read about, you know, being a body or being a family, it's, there's all these one another's all over scripture of, um, you know, bearing one another's burdens, praying for one another, encouraging mm-hmm. one another, mm-hmm. exhorting one another every day, um, that we're really meant to be in a body together and living life together. And so a part of that is caring for each other in a family. Um, and so mm-hmm. we're really made to be in community. I think that's how we see back from the beginning in creation that we're made to be in relationship um, with God and with others. And so we really need that for our own flourishing spiritually and in, in other ways. So um, I think at a basic or high level, mm-hmm. that's why we care for people. And I think the local church has huge potential that you really don't see in any other place. I mean, people can be a part of, you know, different clubs or organizations or things, right. you know, in their communities or sporting groups that they find, you know, community and friends in. And that's super great. But the local church is God's plan for his people and just how we can care for one another um, and encourage one another on our journeys to heaven and to see the Lord face to face is what you really, you can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So it has so many, so much potential. Yep. Does the way that we care for, this is just, I just thought of this. Does the way that we care for one another as a church, um, does that trace back to God and his care for us in in any ways that you'd want to, this is just a random. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. We love because he first loved us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that even we see God is love implies that he's a relational God, mm-hmm. uh, one in three, three in one, yep. uh, loving, uh, the person's loving each other from eternity past, um, and then displaying that that love for us in Christ and his incarnation and his, his sacrifice. Um, so that we're, you know, a, a really, a really uh, kind of new way that it's being talked about, but I think it's helpful is gospel doctrine, which is everything I just said, mm-hmm. translates into gospel culture, which means that we are uh, we are the display 
of the love of God. So yeah. that, yep. for yep. example, so, so what I mean is sometimes we think of um, like, you know, I'm going to bring a meal over to someone and I'm going to love them uh, because God loves them. Or I'm going to love them because God loved me. But I think it's even more profound than that, that when I bring a meal to someone who just had a new baby or who's been really sick or I visit someone in the hospital or I say a kind word to someone I know has been struggling, that actually is the love of God yeah. to mm-hmm. them through his church. And so that's what we mean by gospel culture, that there's this this kind of Romans 15, 7 idea of welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed us mm-hmm. and uh, caring for one another as Christ has cared for us, uh, embodying that. Yep. He's, he's left his church here to do that as a display to the world mm-hmm. and to one another. That's how the world will know we're disciples of Jesus by the way we love one another. Yeah. So... Um, I think that that's that's all significant. There's significant theological uh, realities in the Bible that we don't really understand or really believe if our gospel culture doesn't match our gospel doctrine. Yep. And that is really a profound thing to think about, that us caring for one another is actually the means of God caring. Yeah. Because yeah. so many, it's so easy to think about, you know, like, well, God will, God will take care of that. God will yep. care. And then we feel like we're off the hook, <laughs> yep. you know, yep. when God is a God of means and yeah. his appointed means of caring for his people is us caring yep. for one another. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we can't, we can't divorce, you know, our actions from God's care. Right. Um, right. You can't just say, well, God will take care of that. No, like right. that's your calling. That's our calling right. as the church. Right. Yep. Right. Um, Good. So, so how do we how do we endeavor to do that then here at Bethlehem? Like, how are we going? How are we trying to be intentional in caring for one another with that background in mind? Yeah. Go ahead, Stacy. Yeah. I'm a couple years ago we kind of put together a plan for care just so that we could help ourselves and the church as a whole understand how are we going to do this or what are the means that we're going to do, you know, or structures maybe put in place to help this happen. Not that we can make it happen, but um, to help it happen. And I think first off, just having the elders as our, as the shepherds caring for the flock Mm -hmm. is huge thing that we've talked a lot about and heard a lot about, I think in sermons. Um, But then one with one another, what are the ways that we do that? in the church for one another. And so we have kind of a, a tiered structure mm-hmm. for care yep. where, you know, the, I don't want to say the bottom, but the foundational level is, um, you know, coming on Sundays, like sitting under the preaching of the word, yep. participating in worship. And we've had a pos- podcast about that recently where that just being there, you know, and all the things that we do there are means of caring for each other. Um, greeting one another, you know, praying for one another before or after the service, all of that. And then a next, you know, step from that would be, we're calling it community care, where, you know, to really be able to do all the one another's in scripture, you probably can't just do that with everybody on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you're in some sort of smaller setting, whether that be a small group or um, 
you know, a Bible study or some, you know, other settings yep. where you can really be more known by a smaller group of people yep. and live life together with those people. It's and fostering intentional community for life. Yeah. Right. Yep. You're doing life with people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that is where, you know, most of the care that, you know, just regular ongoing care would be taking place in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course there are, seasons where there's more intense suffering or chronic suffering Mm -hmm. or, you know, a fight against sin that this is just, I'm not making progress in this with just the help of my small group or coming to Sunday service. And so then we would have the next tier up would be called counseling care. Mm -hmm. And that may be getting paired up with a lay counselor in the church or, um, you know, some other resources even outside of the church to get more focused care in the form of counseling that would be focused and, you know, for a set period of time to help you really address a specific issue or type of suffering that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's kind of the general overall plan. Yeah. One, one of the things I've appreciated about, um, about Stacy and just her approach to it too, is she's kind of, as her and I have really worked closely together to kind of shape, you know, everything from how we think about it to the mechanisms to make it happen is that it is what she just said. She said in the beginning, but just her uh, belief that this is the, this is the role of the church. Like it's not, it's not her job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Stacy's yep. not sitting around right. normally thinking I got to do all this. She's thinking how, how do we equip the church to do this? And I think yeah. what she just highlighted and what you'll see in our care plan is we really, 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 really believe <laughs> in these very ordinary means of grace. Yep. yep. Like come and worship, come and sit under the word, come and take communion, uh, st- come early and talk to people, stay a little bit later and talk to people. Uh, be in a small group where you just regularly are confessing your sins and, and sharing your burdens and um, holding each other accountable and encouraging one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to the point where like even part of the way we've even begun, because there are seasons, right, where it's, it's just super intense and a small group might just say, hey, we love you. You just might need a little more help. And, and that like we want to kind of normalize counseling too. I just think everyone's going to need counseling at some point in their life, whether formal or informal. So it's not a weird thing. It's a normal thing because the world is broken and sin is real. Mm-hmm. But even in counseling, Stacy and I have just realized over the last few years, like counseling is so much more um, successful. That's a weird word to use, but I'm going to use it. When there's community <laughs> and, and when there's, when it's not just as isolated, I'm going to go get help for this thing and then go back to this world all by myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, I have people walking with me before. I'm going to have people walking with me after. And this counseling is really like Stacy's at a particular season to kind of help me get back to a place of health or on the way yep. to health. And now I'm just going to live this Christian life. Um, kind of the normal means they exhort yep. one another every day to, to not be hardened by sin, uh, encourage one another, stir one another up to love and good works, you know, Hebrews three and Hebrews 10 kind of stuff. So I, I just appreciate that our approach is not mainly like departmental, right? Like, Hey, the place you get help in this church is the counseling department, but we're trying to say, no, the church, <laughs> the church before it's an organization is this organism that we, that we want to, 
equip and love an elder in such a way that shepherd, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in such a way that they do most of this yeah. for each yeah. other. And, and and we believe it'll be better yeah. than if it's just and, three specialists. And counselors will say that. I heard yeah. that in my when I was in school that counselors will say, you know, at most you're going to see somebody one hour a week and you're not a part of the rest of their life. Yeah. And really a goal of, you know, one of the goals that if people don't have that, you know, when you're in counseling is to get community or just get one or two people around you that can be walking with you in whatever is going on because that's where um, you're really going to get support. I'm all for counseling, but that person is not the end goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost, there's a little bit of mindset shift where the congregation members should view the majority of the care not as, well, I'm just looking to the pastor to care for all these people, and I'm just yep. looking to the counseling coordinator, and I'm just looking to those people who are paid, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are going to care, mm-hmm. to, no, like, I need to help care for my yeah. fellow congregation members. Um, and what yeah. we're doing is, yes, we're caring and we're shepherding, but we're equipping the saints to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah of the ministry. And a lot of that is loving one another, like you were talking about. Yeah. And it's a mindset shift. I think, uh, mainly not mainly, but one of the big reasons because of the culture we live in Yeah, that church in America in particular is very, um, I say it, it's just very consumer mindset. Mm -hmm. What do I, what can I get from this place? Yep. Do they have a ministry I like enough? Um, do I like their music enough? Do I, whatever. so, So people, you know, we joke about church shopping and church hopping and stuff, but that's kind of how it works here um, in, in many ways. And we see, I mean, especially, maybe I could say especially in the suburbs, but sure. like yeah. the underground church in China, like they probably care for each other, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They're probably loving each other, praying for each other, encouraging each other. That's just, a, that's just like, that's the church. Like mm-hmm. well, we don't mm-hmm. got anyone else. We got, we got to yeah. do this. Yeah. And, and they don't have like a podcast or a right, right, <laughs> you right, know, like right. a live stream or all these things that right. people associate with church right. here right. in America. It's just yeah, right. And, and and none of this is to say like I, I know both Stacy and I and I know you too, Nick, would just consider it like like one of the privileges of my life that I love to do and I think is an important part of shepherding is like being in the hospital room, you know, the last few hours of someone's life with yeah. the family and praying and worshiping with them and encouraging them from the word. I mean, I love, uh, I think you have to, I love people. I love being with people. I love shepherding people. I love caring for people, but I can't do it all. And if it was just up to me and you and Stacy, right. Mm -hmm. To just like, you guys care, even that, you know, the Mm -hmm. the 12 elders, right. You all care. Mm -mm. Like that's just so, there's going to be moments where that's really important and really integral and we should do it and our elders do do it. And I'm grateful yep. for that. And Stacy does it. Um, but I just think it's what we're trying to just paint is a more holistic picture of care as a church. Um, and just that being, and, and, and I would even go so far as to say this, I think, I think one of the things that's also happened and maybe this will be, I don't think it's controversial, but maybe it will feel controversial is that, Churches have often organized themselves around like mission. Uh-huh. And I would just say the mission of the church can only be healthy and flow out in a healthy way in as much as a church is a family yeah. mm-hmm. that really loves each other. Mm-hmm. Because if you're driven by mission, 
that works until it doesn't. But if you're a family that loves each other and cares for each other and you get care and you receive care and you give love and you receive love and you serve and you're served, you're going to want to like tell your neighbors about that and <laughs> be like, hey, right. come on in mm-hmm. or your neighbors are going to see it. How, how will they know we're disciples of Jesus? Mm-hmm. By the way, we love one another. Yep. Not by our mission statement. Yep. That's nowhere in the Bible. And so I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying sometimes I think we've gotten it backwards about like, what is this church? And I think that there's multiple mindset shifts mm-hmm. that are just harder in, in the place and the time we live. And we just want to keep pressing on those to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> there's so much more I could say about this topic, but yeah, just thinking about, you know, the therapeutic culture that we do live in and I'm all for people going and getting counseling, but you know, even Christian counselors right now are talking about like, you know, like a Kurt Thompson, um, Eric Johnson, I have all kinds of mm-hmm. resources and uh-huh. things I could point you to if you're interested mm. in learning more about it, but um, that they are looking at the healing benefits of community. And, you know, as I've read some of their books, it's like, it's the church. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> right. And so I, I just think it's super cool, like how God made us to be and for our own healing you know, in any kind of broken ways, it's it the possibilities of that coming through the church and God using other people like we've been talking about is so much. And yeah. just one small way to, to highlight is just the aspect of the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. We all have yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Just the privilege of even being able to pray for people, uh-huh. just to give a little plug for like the prayer team or something. Yeah. That's a tangible way to care for people after the service is praying for them. And yep. it's not just... Oh, a five minute prayer. That's it. Like you are going before the Lord for this person. And, and even as a counselor, that's one of my biggest privileges is in that role is to be able to just pray for people because mm-hmm. I'm not the one that's going to change their situation or them. Yeah. And so just the privilege of just doing that. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be big. I have to, you know, get all this counseling training or something. Not really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just listen and pray for people. Yeah. So I think too, just an underlying thing um, that we want to see here would be because everything we just said, we believe, you know, very, very deeply. But at the beginning of it, there has to be some sort of, I guess I'll use the word vulnerability that when you come Mm -hmm. to church on Sunday, when you go to your small group, you don't, you don't put on your church face. You know, you don't put on your, like you, you, you come as you are because that's who you are. You know? right, God, right. God knows that your marriage is broken or you're, you're, you're weeping over a, a prodigal child or your, your chronic suffering has just gotten the best of you this week or whatever. And so part of gospel doctrine and gospel culture, the gospel culture would be, I don't come needing to be something here. Mm-hmm. I come as I am, and I'm expecting in this worship service, as I mingle before, as I mingle after, at my small group, that God has me here to serve and be served and love and be loved as I am. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't we don't think God's going to just leave you there. We think sanctification's going to happen and healing's going to happen. But I think that it can't happen when we play games, we pretend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. so just the, a call to just like, just come and be real, um, I think is, 
And I think the gospel allows us to do that, to say, man, I'm forgiven, I'm justified, mm-hmm. I'm adopted, I'm all those things. And my complete mess of a life and broken situation doesn't change that. Yep. Awesome. So if people want to see, you know, like written down where our care plan is, do we have places where people can see that? We've got we've got pamphlets out. I think there's some at the welcome desk. There's some in this info rack up here um, on the yep, second by both floor entrances. by yep. both entrances. And then you, if you type in uh, Bethlehem Baptist Self Care Plan, like even just in Google, mm-hmm. I think it's sure. like the first or second result that comes up. Yep. Yeah. So, or just email one of us and we can send it to you. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This is great. We'll uh, talk to you next time. <laughs>